Well, of course, uh, a year ago I had a son who took his life after struggling with mental illness for 27 years, and that became international news. Mm. He had struggled since a baby with mental illness. The day that I prayed would never happen, and the day that I feared might happen, happened five days after Easter last year. And uh, so we've been on a grief journey for the last year. Since Matthew was a baby, we've known that someday we would be spokesmen for mental illness. Because you don't have somebody in your family and you see the struggle and the pain that they go through uh, without knowing you're supposed to use it for good. But we didn't really make much of it outside of the church, which many people in the church knew Matthew struggled. But it was hard enough being my son, much less being struggling with mental illness. And so we, it was his story to tell. So to protect his dignity, we kind of kept it quiet. Uh, but after he died, then uh, the news was national and international, and so we just thought, well, I may as well grieve nationally too. And 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 I did. I said we're not going to do any interviews for six months because we we didn't even know what we were feeling, and we're just grieving parents. And a lot of a lot of uh, people wanted to do interviews. We said no. So what I did is I just started sharing my feelings on social media. And so I'm on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Google Plus and Instagram. And I just started sharing some of these things. And I realized that people were coming out of the woodwork. That people were going, that's me. That's my problem. Or that's my brother's problem. Or that's my son's problem. And, and it, it just, the floodgates opened. And Kay started sharing on her uh, social media on Facebook and Twitter too and again I, I'm not exaggerating maybe I don't know 10,000 people yeah. have have written yeah. Uh, yeah. or connected in some way saying you know I lost someone through suicide I lost mm-hmm. a friend through mental illness and, and it's everybody knows somebody yeah uh, I remember when Matthew was 17 he came to me and he said Dad, it's real obvious I'm not going to be healed mm. of this mental illness. We've gone to the best doctors in the nation. Mm. I've taken the best medicine, got the best therapy. We've had prayer warriors, intercessors, deliverers, everything. You can imagine nothing has worked. Why can't I just die and go to heaven? As a 17-year-old, now what do you say as a father to that? Who's a kid who's been in pain since he was born? I said, Matthew, you may want to give up, but I cannot. As your father, I have to believe always that there may be an answer out there at some point. He made it another 10 years. I think he's one of the most greatest people I've ever met. Because he had enormous, he could walk into a room in the party and instantly know who was in the most pain. Because he was in pain. He would make a beeline for that person and spend the rest of the evening encouraging them. Because he he would have made a great Christian counselor. So you go to struggle to surrender. And... When Matthew died, I received maybe 30, 35,000 letters of condolence mm. from around the world. I mean, everything, rock stars, prime ministers, presidents, you, you name it, mm. a lot of famous people. But the ones that meant the most to me weren't the VIPs. The letters that meant the most to me were letters from people that Matthew had led to faith in Christ. Wow. And... They said, I'm going to be in heaven because your son brought me to Jesus. And I wrote in my journal that day, and I later put it on Facebook. I said, 
in God's garden of grace, even broken trees bear fruit. And we're all broken. Mm -hmm. We're all we're all broken. So God only uses broken people.